0: This is Ashley Stone and you're listening to The Comeback Podcast. Mark, I am so excited to have you on the podcast. We'll just go ahead and jump right in if you're okay with that.
1: Yeah, no, that's fine.
0: Okay, awesome. Um so it was interesting because you shared your story with me and I shared it with Lauren who's my producer and she responded to me because her sister has diabetes and it and she has been really close with that her whole life. And and just her a friend that her sister knows was really going through a, a really hard time with it. And so Lauren was like, I can't believe this is the story that you just sent me because this is something that's really been on my heart and on my mind. And so it was just kind of a tender mercy for her. And so it's just really cool that you reached out when you did and we're just so excited to have you on the podcast and to hear your story. So, um, yeah, we'd love to just have you start kind of love to hear a little bit of background about you, you know, what you're, what you do for work or your family or a little bit of an intro and then we can just go right into it. I
1: am Mark know. I don't, I don't work right now. Yeah. With the transplants and everything. I'm I'm on, I was on disability before that. So I've been on disability for a little, burn about 2016. I haven't worked since then. So, um, struggling health wise for all those years since then. But now I'm in, you know, since I've been back in church, I've been in a better place, you know, uh, mentally and and physically, you know, I've I've gotten a, I got a good support system with my family. Uh. I'm, I'm Simone, so I come from a big family, uh, seven kids. Uh, my, my dad, he was a, a, a bishop, uh, the first bishop of uh, a ward they started over here. So, you know, we, we grew up strong in the church, born in the church, and it, were, we were, it was a family full of black sheep, you know. Just one of my siblings stayed in church, got married in the temple. The rest of us kind of fell away, did our own thing, so.
0: Okay, so... When you were a kid, did, do you feel like you had a, a testimony of the church? Do you feel like you you felt like the church was true? Or do you, um, what was kind of your experience as a kid? Uh, I
1: feel like the church is true. But, you know, that's because that's what I, that's all what I knew. Going to church every Sunday is kind of, you know, uh, we all say it during our testimony. Like, I bear my testimony. I know this church is true. And uh, that's where I got, it, like, me and my family, just because we fell away, we still believe, you know, we just didn't go to church every Sunday. Mm -hmm. But, you know, with me, I felt unworthy to go to church because I was out on the weekends partying and, you know, smoking and drinking. So I didn't, I didn't want to, I always asked for forgiveness and I just like, you know, I knew I was going to do it again. So I just stopped going.
0: Yeah. So what kind of led to your, your stepping away? I mean, what, what, what point was that that you were, you started drinking and you were, made the conscious decision to step away?
1: Uh, it, it wasn't like a overnight decision. Like, you know what, I'm going to stop going to church. It was uh just like, uh, my dad, he used to kind of force us to go to church. You know, after we got into 16, 17, he just, hey, you guys going to church now? And then I just got lazier and lazier and didn't want to go. You know and and then all this you know because I was going out with my friends and I think I, I was I'd rather go out with my friends and then go to church. So yeah I, I didn't have long testimony in the church because I you know I heard all the lessons, but I didn't really know I couldn't tell you anything about the Book of Mormon mm-hmm. back then. Yeah. and then, so yeah, that's how I just I kind of gradually stopped going.
0: So then tell us what happened with um, your diabetes. Like when did you first find out that you had it? I'm actually not, if I sound really ignorant, it's because I, I don't know a ton about it. Um, but when did you first find out that you had it? And what, what did that feel like when you found out?
1: Well, my diabetes runs in my family. My dad had it, my, my brother had it, and then I had it. And I found out when I was on a camping trip with the uh, scouts and I was drinking everything in sight. You know, I was drinking water, soda, and you know they were they were hiding drinks from me because I would drink it all. And so I I got we went to Arkansas and I got bit up bad by mosquitoes, and they're like the biggest mosquito bites you've ever seen and like lumps. And so when I went to the doctor for a physical, they tested my blood and he's like, "Oh, you're diabetic," and it didn't really register, you know, so. I guess I was okay with it. But then it just started to become a lot, you know, shots every day, uh, checking your blood sugars and having to eat this. You can't eat that, you know, just feeling restricted. And that's kind of, I just wanted to be like other kids growing up, like mm-hmm. how they could, could eat whatever they wanted and not care. Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
0: So at that point, how, how was that, like, with your, you said you were drinking and partying and stuff like that. Like, how was that, how did that affect your diabetes and your treatment mm. with it?
1: My friends, they were drinking and smoking. I was, like, the one that wasn't drinking and smoking. You know, they, my nickname with them was Bishop, you know, because <laughs> of my dad. And so I wasn't drinking and smoking until, I didn't start smoking until I was 17. I didn't start drinking until I was 24. mm i was everybody's designated driver but you know the those drinking smoking takes a big effect on your health i mean without diabetes it takes a big effect but with diabetes it just uh the effects
0: Mm -hmm. yeah so you said you went all that time without drinking and smoking and stuff what was it that finally made you like want to try it like I, i can relate to that i was you know i was a drugs and alcohol and the whole thing and mine started when I was 14 so I'm curious to know how you waited that long and then at 24 you finally were like trying it and
1: Uh it was it was smoking it you know I just wanted to impress a girl you know yeah. but drinking I was always the quiet one in our group I, I talked to people I know but I, I wanted to let loose you know I, I, I was tired of not not being able to speak and so that's when I started drinking and you know that is why having the liquid courage gave me a a voice. Mm
0: -hmm. I can relate to that. So tell me about how when things started to go downhill for you.
1: You can see like my eye is is, uh, messed up in my left eye. I'm like completely blind in my left eye. So one morning I woke up After, you know, just partying and drinking still, one morning I woke up and all I saw was, I didn't notice it, but when I started driving, everything was red, like the sky and everything, and I just got concerned, and I turned the car around, and then I went to the eye doctor, and it was like, you're bleeding on the inside of your eyes, like you, you know, you're, uh, I forgot what they called it, but it was because of diabetes, and so that went wrong and then like everything else started to go wrong with my health. Like uh, I had a staph infection in my leg. I had to get four surgeries. I, I got like 35 stitches on my, on my thigh. So, mm-hmm. and it, it all started to hit around that same time, uh, like 2016 and then I think in 2018 is when I had to be put on dialysis because of my kidneys.
0: So for anyone that doesn't know what dialysis is, can you explain dialysis? I've heard it. I I just tell me a little bit more about what dialysis is and what that means for your life.
1: Well, um, you're not able to, to pee anymore. You, you can't pee yourself. And so if you don't pee, you're going to build up toxins from not because that's how you clean your system is when you use the bathroom Mm -hmm. and without doing that it's going to build up and build up in your blood so dialysis you know cleans your blood through a machine you know it runs in in and out and comes right back to you
0: what was that like to have to have your whole life change like that
1: it didn't come all at once you know it came over like three three years and so I guess I was kind of used to it. I I try to take everything in stride. You know, I try to, it's not the end. You know, I I know other people got worse than I do. and I just try to be positive. You know, me, me being mad doesn't make the time go faster. You know, it's not going to pass the time any faster. So I just, that's my outlook on, on everything.
0: Right, right. So I have your, your post up. Sorry. Okay. Listeners, I have a cold, so excuse any coughs. (laughs) Um, so I have your post that you sent me and it is so amazing. I love it so much. Um, it says that in September of 2020, you did the book of Mormon challenge. And with that challenge, you read seven pages a day for 77 days. So it says, since you read it through the gospel library app, you finished it in 53 days. What was it that made you want to start that challenge?
1: Uh, well, I met a girl. I, I didn't mean it, but me and this girl we met online uh, through the LDS Mutual app, dating app, and you know we we started going out, and she didn't like tell me like, hey, you better go back to church. She just set an example, you know, and me being a son of a bishop. I was like, man, I need to do better, you know, I, so I saw a friend of mine on Facebook, he posted the Book of Mormon Challenge, I was like, I can do that, and so I started reading it, probably September 1st, and like, instantly, just, I felt better, like, not physically, but like, mentally, I felt better, you know, I'm, I'm learning, finally learning what I need to, and As a teenager, you know, we make an excuse like, oh, it's so hard to understand. But when you really want to understand it, you can you know, like to me, everything was besides second Nephi, where the Isaiah chapters are like, (laughs) everything else was, was easy for me to pick up.
0: Mm -hmm. So you said that you began to see blessings instantly in your life. Um, What were some of those blessings that you started to see?
1: I had more energy to, to do stuff. Like I was, I was still trying to keep in shape, like workout shape or, you know, I I didn't want to just not do anything. I want to try to be productive throughout the day, but I try to, but you know, I felt like I had more energy to do things. Um, and then later in September, I got, you know, I was, I was trying to get on the transplant list. And later in September, I got the call to be approved to be on the transplant list. And I, in the post, and I, I got it on. The, I got the call on Tuesday. Like, hey, you're approved. Everything's a go. You know, uh, brief of prayers. So, when we call you, you know, you have to be prepared to, to drop everything. I was like, okay, and uh, I didn't expect it to be called. I got the call on Tuesday. I didn't expect to be called back so fast on that Saturday, and so like that was, a, like, the biggest blessing I saw.
0: Yeah. You said that people wait years on the transpa- transplant list and even more people die waiting to be on the list. So yeah. how surreal was that for you to be selected so quickly?
1: It was so surreal. You know, it was like, I couldn't believe it because, like I said, you know, people wait years. There's, there's, And when I when I lived in Vegas, they said the wait list was probably about three to five or three to nine or so. Something like that. Oh it was gosh. crazy crazy long. They said, Oh, we're not that long of a wait. I, th- I feel like Heavenly Father kinda lined up my life because I was supposed to, I started doing transplant stuff in Las Vegas. And over there you have to wait longer in, in Vegas than you do over here in Missouri because we're we're pulling from you know, right in the middle of the United States. We're pulling from everywhere. So we, we get stuff faster. But me having to come here Uh, they do a kidney and a pancreas transplant and so they don't do that in Vegas they only do it in some states and so you know I got uh, the kidney and pancreas and now I don't have to worry. I mean I still try to but I don't have to worry about diabetes anymore
0: are you serious wow that is amazing that is so incredible so It's in your post. I'm going to just read a little bit of it because it's so awesome. It says, during the Book of Mormon Challenge, I read what is one of my favorite scripture verses, Alma chapter 37, verse 6, and it says, through small and simple things are great things brought to pass. I didn't make all these big changes overnight. I went day by day. I had a lot of physical challenges and trials with my health. Some I didn't think I'd make it through. One specifically, I asked myself, why did I make it through that? What is my purpose? What am I meant to do? And now I know. So tell me a little bit about what you feel like your purpose is now and why you are preserved the way you were.
1: I, I feel missionary work. You know, I try to, you know, President Nelson challenges us to gather Israel on both sides of the veil, And so that's what I try to do. Like right now, just within the last couple of weeks, I just got called to be my ward, ward mission leader.
0: So cool. That is so So, amazing.
1: I've learned from, you know, uh, Christ-like examples. You know, I'm going out. I used to be in a ward where they got 38 baptisms in two years. Wow. Not even the whole two years, like 18 months. And so, you know, just learning from my ward mission leader there, like a father figure in my life, just learning how he does it. And he, you know, I, I, I try to use that in like, well, well i got the transplant after that i got the transplant i i was feeling sick and i was just vomiting for like a whole day and this this was uh, during the uh pandemic so i'm pretty i i knew i wasn't uh, i didn't have covid i was just i knew it had to be something with the transplant but uh, I wanted to ask the elders for a blessing, and they're supposed to come and visit. So I was like, okay, you know, I don't want to cancel. Let me ask them for, you know, if they can give me a blessing. And when they came, uh, the elder, he's like, okay, yeah, I'll give you a blessing. And when he, he gave me a blessing to help, but then he just, he, he's like, you know, Heavenly Father loves you. He wants you to know that, you know, uh, He's happy you're, you made the decision to come back and that uh, your purpose on this earth is missionary work. And, uh, you know, I, I started to cheer up when he did that, you know, when he said that, because I had been praying for probably a month and a half, two months to like, what's, what what am I still doing here? You know, what's my purpose? And it would, uh, let me know in a way that I can understand. And to me, that was like the best way, you know. Uh, what I didn't mention in the post was I started to, you know, the blessing work. I, on my way to the hospital, I, I just throw up one more time. But then when I'm, I'm in there, the doctor said like, oh yeah, something's kind of wrong with your transplant. You might have to wear a tube coming out of your stomach. You know, you, that might have to be permanent. And so, you know, you know, I'm back, you know, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do everything. Like what's going wrong? Um, you know, but then probably a couple hours later, he was like, okay, you know, you can go home. I was like, well, what about this? And I was like, oh, no, yeah, we're going to take that out. But, yeah, you you don't have to, like, everything's okay. You can go home. I was like, oh, you know, just, just small, you know, tender mercies. You know, just like that just kind of strengthens my testimony.
0: Wow. That is so amazing. And it's, I just think it's really cool that you said your purpose is missionary work and, having you here on the podcast sharing the miracles that have happened in your life is just a perfect example of the missionary work that God has called you to do and it's so cool and i just think that those hard things that we go through and come out um i i don't know if you've heard my story on the podcast but i struggled with a heroin addiction and It's crazy because it was the most horrible thing of my life, but it's turned into something that, you know, I can use for good. I can use it to, you know, let other people know of the Savior's atoning sacrifice and that it's really for me and it's really for you and it does heal people. And I think that, you know, sometimes when we wonder like, Why does God allow us to go through such hard things and such horrible things with disease and, you know, addiction and all these things? But it's like all these things, they can be gifts if you turn to God and allow him to turn them into gifts. Like my mom, she went through breast cancer and she went through chemo and radiation and she lost all her hair and she was super, super sick and you know we were all super distraught over it and she has mentioned many times that that was some of the most spiritual times she's had in her life you know some of the most spiritual experience she's had was when she was going through that and i think it's um i think it's in the crucible of doubt one of the books that um we've read recently um in our book club that mentions the sanctification process of trials going through trials and how it sanctifies you. And um, that's what I hear in your story. It's like you were given this really hard thing that you've had to, you know, this challenge that you've had to face and you've turned it into something amazing. And I just think that's so beautiful and so awesome.
1: I I think trials make, they keep us humble. If I would have won... A lottery in my 20s you know and had everything i wouldn't have been humble you know i think people have to hit a certain point to where they're like you know i can't do it anymore by myself you know i i need i need heavenly father i need uh jesus in my life and so i i think it to me i mean i've had someone told me that you know when uh or told one of my sisters that when she asked like, how come we don't ever win the lottery? Aren't we good people? And he's like, you know, that's it's to keep you humble. And so that's how I try to try to do things. I try to, like, my dad was a real humble guy. So I, I try to take after him.
0: I love that so much. And I I wholeheartedly agree. I think that our trials refine us and they they make us better people and more appreciative and, you know, grateful for where we are. Um, so what advice would you have for somebody that's going through maybe some really hard health challenges or they're facing really hard challenges in their life? What, what advice would you give to them?
1: Job, you know, the story of Job, like everything, he, everything he went through, you know, it was, it wasn't because heavenly father hated him. It was because heavenly father had faith in them or in him to, to overcome them. You know, he he knew he could overcome Satan. And so, uh, yeah, just that, you know, I just, I try to not to dwell on those, on those things. Idle minds are the devil's playground. And so if you just sit there and think about why me, then that's all you're going to, you're going to soak in negativity. And I, I try not to do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree 100%. What are some of the things that you do to stay busy or, you know, stay close to the gospel and close to Heavenly Father? What are those things that you do?
1: Like, if I could be around uh, my mental, uh, if, if anytime me and him could go out and do some mission, if he calls and asks, you know, I'm like, yeah, um, let's go. Uh, but if I'm by myself, I try to uh, listen to church talks. Like my my favorite, it's Gordon B. Hinckley and and uh, Dieter Uchtdorf. Mm-hmm. And those are my favorite two speakers. I can listen to their, some of their talks over and over. They're so, so good. They're so yeah. good. I try to do that. I I try. Like I used to listen to a lot of rap. I I still do sometimes, but you know I'm trying to to focus more on other types of music. You know, yeah. oldies or or you know even church hymns like. People might think I'm crazy, but I do. When I do work out, sometimes I'm I'm listening to church hymns in my AirPods.
0: (laughs) I love that. That is so awesome. Um, Yeah, I, I, I think when I was coming back to church, I, I felt the same way. Like I was really into rap, and it's funny because now when I try to listen to some of my old music, and it's the edited version because I'm trying to you know keep it clean. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, even the edited version. I can't believe this is this is my favorite song when I was 18. Oh my word. <laughs> so that's funny. And I totally can relate to that. Things that invite the spirit to be close to you. So, um, So what advice would you have for somebody that maybe feels like, you know, you mentioned earlier that you felt like you couldn't come to church because you were doing things and you weren't worthy to go. What advice would you have for somebody that maybe feels that way? They feel unworthy to come back to church. And
1: When I came back to church, I, I realized that Satan wanted me to feel unworthy, to keep me away. You know, if if he you if don't come, then you're letting him win. And so church it wasn't made for the saints, it was made for the sinners to go and and try to recharge, you know, try to, okay, I messed up yesterday. I can do better today or I can do better tomorrow. You know, they, they need, we all need inspiration to, to, you know, we all need to be around the spirit.
0: Yeah, for sure. So how has it been, um, you're, so how long have you been out in Missouri? Like where, where were you at before then? And how long have you been out there? Is your family out there or? Uh,
1: I was born and raised in Independence, Missouri, you know, okay. Zion. so uh, I moved to to Vegas for a, for a year with my brother. Like I said, I I feel like Heavenly Father moved my life around. Uh, I was on, I started dialysis before I moved to Vegas. And they were like, you know, you're going to have to quit smoking. Can't quit smoking. You know, like, I'm probably not going to get a transplant. I can't quit smoking. But then, you know, I went out to live in Vegas with my brother. And he's the one that is still active in the church. And so he has kids. I didn't want to be a bad example. So I quit smoking. I, I smoked my last cigarette at the airport, and when I got to Vegas, I didn't smoke after that, and I wow. still haven't. So. Wow. No, that is
0: I, not an easy thing to do. Yeah,
1: I know. I know, <laughs> but uh, you know, he wasn't going to take me to the to the store to buy cigarettes or anything, so I just yeah, you know, I just decided to quit. Yeah. Then, uh, I came back to Missouri to visit, and I was still. I wanted to come back. I wanted to drink with my friends. I didn't. Yeah, you know, I wasn't really into church back then either. I only went to church with him and his family just to go. Um, came back and me and my friends went out. I got real drunk and it was like bad. And so I think I might've had alcohol poisoning because I was like throwing up nonstop again. And I was in the hospital, in and out of the hospital for like two weeks I was like, man, it's not worth it. You know, I, it's not worth it to, like, it's my body, it's not worth it to my body to go for a couple of hours of, of fun to be in the hospital in and out for two weeks. So I, I had to quit drinking after that. And so that made it easier to be on the transplant list. You know, that made it easier for to see how the Lord, and then, like I said, Vegas doesn't have the pancreas transplant. And so we didn't move back to Missouri for transplants. We just... You know, it was time for us to move back to Missouri, so we did. And then uh, my doctor at the uh, dialysis center is like, "Okay, yeah, we'll get you a, a kidney transplant." And then they said, "Oh, I was like, hey, this is a. I thought you said I was going to go to St. Luke's. It's like, no, Ku does a kidney pancreas, so you wouldn't have to worry about diabetes anymore." I'm like, "Okay." And so yeah,
0: what a blessing! That is so amazing. Wow. You have a really incredible story, and I am so happy and grateful that you reached out to me and were willing to share because so many people need to hear this. And I just love how you just have such a perspective of you know, like get through it and have faith, and I just love that. So thank you so much.
1: I, I love doing missionary work. Uh, my, my mentor back in my old ward, he. When he, like he came and I was kind of barely coming back to church, but he came and visited me. And uh, then I, I really started to go. But then he, they called me to be a ward missionary. I was like, man, I'm not even, I don't even talk to people like that. I'm, I wouldn't make a good one. And so our first night out, it was like freezing. It was like 26 degrees. Uh, we go visit this guy who had a son. He was going on, he, he was thinking about going on a mission. And He's talking, he come, the, the dad comes out. He's like, you know, I haven't been to church because I'm embarrassed. He's like, I, you know, I drink. It's like, I haven't had a job in, you know, like a year. It's like, I'm embarrassed to come to church because I drink. That burning in my bosom, it's the first time I've had that, like, ever. And so I had it. And it was like, hey, you need to speak up. And so I told him my story. Like, you know what? I was embarrassed too. I felt unworthy, but Satan wants you to feel like that. And so we that family wasn't active. And so we reactivated them like off of those, you know, we're standing outside in 26 degree weather and we're teaching lessons and like I couldn't have felt warmer being outside in 26 degree weather, you know, um, and him and his family started slowly coming back over the next few. And then they started, there are some of the strongest families. They moved to, to, to Texas. And from what I hear now, they're, two of their kids are putting their mission papers ready to go. Oh my gosh. That
0: just gave me the chills.
1: If I could, you know, if my story helps anybody, you know, I, I love to tell it, you know, I love, I love giving talks in church. I I never thought I'd love giving talks. I've never thought I'd love going out and doing missionary work. I never thought I'd be doing all, all of this, you know, war mission leader three years ago. You couldn't have told me that, you
0: know? Mm -hmm. So, wow. That is so cool. Well, I I just appreciate you being on the podcast so much. I mean, this is this is amazing and I think that you are able to it's just it's so cool to see how God works all things to the good of those who love him, including alcoholism, including diabetes and inc- all things he can work them to the good of those who love him and that is so evident in your story and how you're able to I mean, just that story with that family and how you know you went through this with alcohol and you were ashamed and then um, you were able to use that as a tool to help a family come back. It's so amazing. So yeah. awesome. Well, any other, any and, other thoughts before we wrap up? Uh, that post, like I, I wrote that in August for the sisters in my ward. They
1: asked me to write it. And then, uh, uh somebody shared it again. Like, last week i was like oh let me try to send this in maybe i could be on the podcast and so like you know i found your podcast off of the saints and scripted yeah you know, i saw you on that I looked up your podcast and i listened to a lot of the episodes so you know i'm a big fan
0: oh awesome thank- i love it well i'm a big fan of you so thank you so much for just sharing your story and if you don't mind i'm going to share this post on our on our facebook page so uh,
1: thank you for having me thank you for what you're doing.
0: Hey, guys. First off, I want to give you a heartfelt thank you to all of you that support the podcast. We wouldn't be able to get this message out without all of your help. So thank you so much. I've had a few questions come in from people that aren't on social media. So I just wanted to let you guys know that we do have a website. It's www.comebackpodcast.org. You can find all of our episodes here. Um, There's a list of our book club selections. And you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Thanks again. We love you guys so much.